Uh, we will begin uh, today in just a moment. We'll read our passage. But before we do that, um, I want to uh, say again, welcome to you guys. I don't know if I said this earlier. Uh, my name is David Appelt. I'm the lead pastor of Maranatha Community Church here, and I'm glad that you're with us here today. Um, today, um, Jeremy Appel is going to be preaching for us. He's going to be taking us through week three of Advent. We are um, nearing the end of our Advent series um, where we are going through kind of the traditional themes of Advent this year, um, which is actually a first for us. Um, but we're going through these themes of, heap, of hope, peace, uh, hope, love, today is peace, and next week is joy. Um, and so today, Jeremy is going to be preaching on that out of Colossians. Um, Jeremy is one of the deacons of this church, um, newly minted deacons like a month ago. Um, but Jeremy oversees um, many, many things here, um, serves in a million ways. Um, and so if you don't know him, I'm almost sure everybody in the world does. But if you don't, hopefully you can meet him today. Um, and we're going to take a moment. We're going to pray for Jeremy and for us um, before we dig into the text um, as we open God's word. So pray with me. God, you are faithful and true. And we have gathered together today to worship you as your people, Lord, as you have um, commanded us to do. And we pray that today, um, not only would the songs that we sing be pleasing to you, but Lord, now as we open your word, we ask that the, um, the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing to you. We pray that your spirit would guide us into your truth, Lord, the spirit that has miraculously and sovereignly preserved this word that you have given your church for all ages. Lord, as we open it, we recognize we need that same spirit's help to enlighten us and teach us. And so we pray, Spirit of God, for you to teach us now that we would love um, the Son more, the Son who has come to set us free. We pray that in all ways we would be made more like him today. And we ask this all according to his power and grace in the name above all names. Amen. Amen. We're going to read in Colossians now. I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we stand out of reverence for God's word as it is read aloud. This is Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 19. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. You may have a seat. Awesome. Thank you, David. Um, as he said, I'm Jeremy. Um, Thanks, everyone, for being here today. There's a, a lot of visitors as we get to celebrate baptism. Um, Thanks for being here to celebrate the joy of, of peace with Christ together. Um, I know some people have traveled far and wide from far off lands um, to be here today. Um, so thank you so much for being able to be here today as we remember um, what Christmas is all about. Um, this, this year's hit me a little differently than most. Um, thankful to, to my wife actually for doing some Advent things with the kids, some readings we're doing as a family, making sure we're reading the word every night together, reading an Advent book. Um, 
has been super helpful for me as I process. Uh, so often, I think we get into holiday season and we remember, yeah, Christ is our hope. He's our, um, he's, he's our love. He's our peace and he's our joy. But what does that really mean? Uh, as we prepare for Christmas, as we read Colossians 1, which you may not think is a Christmas passage, but it is. And I hope to see that today. Um, before we get into the text, I just want to think about our world that we live in today. Is our world characterized by peace? I would venture to say, as many of us would, that it isn't. But what is peace? And can everyone have peace? Does, does the unbeliever, apart from Christ, can they have peace? Because we sing songs like we read today, uh, and Hark the Herald Angels Sing, that everyone is singing this time of year that says, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful, all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. And then we jump down to hail the heaven-born prince of peace. Hail the son of righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth and born to give them second birth. Hark, the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Amen? Amen. So you just sit and think about it. And where do we get this from? So this comes directly from the Bible. Of Luke 2, 14, which we all kind of know. Glory to God in the highest, as the angels said to the shepherds the night Christ was born. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Like I said, I haven't really been into Christmas songs a lot growing up, like the fun ones. But this year I've been processing more, because um, what we've been doing at home, reading more and preparing to preach. And a few more of them just hit me differently. And a lot of it comes from prophecy. Some of the oldest Christmas songs are straight from the Bible. They preach about love, joy, peace, reconciliation. And most of them mention not just that Christ came, but that he laid his rights down as the everlasting king of kings and the lord of lords wrapped himself in humanity and came to die. He came to bring reconciliation and peace to those who need it. O holy night goes, O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Till he appears, the soul felt its worth, a thrill of hope. The weary, the weary, peaceless, broken world rejoices because Christ is born. You see, the eternal Son of God came to a peaceless and broken world to bring peace. He came to usher in a kingdom of peace. As we look around the world today at our our, our news feeds, our Instagram accounts, we go shopping, we see a world not characterized by peace. And apart from Christ, they can't have peace. The Bible actually says in Isaiah 48 and 57, after the prophecy about he will be called Mighty Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, it says this, this is what God says to the prophet Isaiah, that there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. And in 57, but the wicked, the unrighteous, are like tossing seas, 
just churning up. For it cannot be quiet. And its waters toss up mire and dirt. And there is no peace for God, says my God, for the wicked. So what is peace? Because if, if all it is, is like silent night, a good night's sleep, which if you've had newborns, seems pretty peaceful. <laughs> or toddlers or anything else. Um, but it can't just be quiet. You see, it can't just be defined by the absence of things. It has to be defined by something. It can't be defined by absence of turmoil, strife, conflict. While it is a part of that, we're going to define it a little more holistically today, which we'll get to at the end. But why did Christ have to come? As we go into Christmas, why did he come? Because we had a weary world that was broken. We are apart from Christ alienated from God, we are in bondage to our sin and evil desires by birth, and and we are in conflict with God, ourselves, and the others around us because of sin. Alienated, bondage, and in conflict. But now we're getting to the text. So let's jump in just the first verse in in Colossians 1.19. For in him, Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So who is this Christ? Who is the, the Messiah who, Isaiah 9, 6, is the son of birth, who is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. He is a wise ruler, a strong, eternal protector, and a bringer of peace. That's who came in a manger. But we're, we're jumping forward, aren't we here? The fullness of God has appeared See, we need to remember who Christ is when he came. That Christ, the everlasting Son of God, came. That he did not lay aside his power. That God, Christ came as 100% God and 100% man. There's no mixing, there's no mashup. We need to think about that. And I know it's hard to remember and it's hard to think about, but I've been pondering it more and more. And by faith, we need to just accept this fact. It's hard for our minds to fully grasp it, but similarly to trying to explain to my five-year-old what a virgin is um, when we discuss the prophecies, is, <laughs> which is fun, um, but we want to remember what the text said, that God must be God. He must come as a man, because if he was not 100% God, then he could only, only God can take the wrath of God and survive it. And he must be 100% man, because he needs to be our valid substitute. If he's not, if the fullness of God did not come, like it says right here, if it was not fully God and fully man, we could not have peace. That's why Christ came. The fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him and him alone. So that is who came on Christmas. As we celebrate a week from today, or a week and a day from today, um, we can remember just who this is. The baby born in a manger as we all have in our nativity scenes at home or, or as we pass nativities in cars, that the God came down. Emmanuel came, God with us. But he didn't come just because. He came with a purpose. And that purpose actually comes from, we read it the first time in Matthew 1, 21. As the angel speaks to Joseph, who's contemplating his divorce with the Virgin Mary. The angel says to Joseph, a righteous man, she, Mary, will bear a son, and you call, she shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Which aligns perfectly with the next section 
in Colossians 1.20, um, where it says, And through him to reconcile all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. He came to bring peace. He came on a mission which he would accomplish on Calvary. As it says in John 19, or 30, 19, it is finished. He knew the mission. He came with a purpose. But do we think about that on Christmas? Do we think that this eternal son of God came as a baby, wrapped in flesh, to experience all that he had created firsthand, to be our perfect high priest, our mediator on our behalf? Do we think about the fact that he who had in his infinite wisdom the, the invention of how babies were born would experience it firsthand? That he would be protected and taught by sinful Mary and Joseph. Um, as parents, we all know that, and that's fun and difficult. But, but by God's grace, just think about the fact that the perfect Son of God coming down, that he who formed the mountains would die on one, that he who made the lakes would fish in them, that he who made rivers would be baptized in one. As we celebrate today, the baptism of the people, the death, burial, and resurrection, that he would experience the sting of death, that he would experience something we don't have to experience in the full wrath of God for our behalf. That is why Jesus came. He came to bring reconciliation. And that's what, going through old Christmas songs, I realized more and more, up until about the 1900, most Christmas songs mentioned peace and joy and hope and love, and not just some nostalgia of family and good times. Chestnuts roasting an open fire. They all mentioned peace. One of them, um, a few of my favorites were, um, The Day the Earth Stood Still, um, Come and Stand Amazed, which is spectacular. Oh, Holy Night, as we've read, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and Next week, we're going to talk about joy, and joy to the world is my favorite. These are all what came when Christ came to die. He came to be God on earth, our substitute on our behalf. You see, he, he came to bring peace to those who could not bring peace to themselves. He came to usher in a kingdom of peace, which started the day he came, and will go until he comes back, as we talked about in Revelation 19 through 21. Our God is a God of peace. And that's all well and good. But if we just stop at Jesus came and he died, how does that apply to us today as we celebrate Christmas? What about us? And it mentions here that he made peace on earth and on heaven. The cosmos will be united. The broken world will become new. Because of what Christ has done and is doing as he reigns. He's putting all things under his, everything will become under his feet as he reigns now in heaven and mediates for his people. You see, he came to bring peace. And starting in verse 21, and you, if you are in Christ today, this is you. And you who were once alienated. Hostile in mind, in verse 21, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death. In order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable, steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you've heard. Which he has proclaimed in all heaven, in all creation and under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister." You were once. Uh, one of the, my favorite things in the Bible, if you go through, is just thinking about all the times that God says you were and are. 
you were alienated, but not anymore. In 1 Corinthians 5, it says, since he says, but you used to do these things, it last rattles off the list of things. And that's not all encompassing. But we were sinners, and we are new. We were alienated. We were hostile in our thinking at our birth because of our sinful nature. We were doing evil deeds because we like to apart from Christ. He has now reconciled. He has now made peace in his body by his death. And that's not all. It would be good enough if we just said, well, Christ made us a chance to be a blank slate account. But he also said that he's going to credit to us himself. He is now, in order to present us to himself at his second coming, holy, blameless, and above reproach. That's why he came. He came to bring a people to himself, to present them to the Father, and, say this, and the Father to give them back to his bride, and say, this is my people. Not one of them will be lost, as it says in John 17. And how it says in the end, we can be, have this peace with God. And that's why I venture to say that the, the, the wicked, the unrighteous, cannot have this peace. Because they do not trust in him who came. They have not put their faith. They cannot say that they have peace or rest with God. But Christ in his love, as we talked about last week, that God is love. A definite love. In his infinite love, he sent his son to be our hope, as we write about the first week. To be a, a concrete hope, not just wishful thinking of what will come. As we remember Christmas time, we remember his first coming. And we point to the second as we do what it says at the end, that, that we would continue in our faith, stable and steadfast and not shifting from the hope of the gospel. You see, the, the language in our language seems like there's some like oh, wishy-washiness. But the text and the way Paul is speaking to the Colossians says that he can be sure of this because we have a sure hope in Christ. That when he says it is finished, we can rest when we put faith in him. Because he loves us. His love is concrete and secure. It doesn't depend on me, thankfully. It's dependent on Christ's love and perfection. And because of that, I can have peace. You see, peace can't just be the absence of things. It can't just be calm night's sleep, which we all desperately want. It can't just be uh, short lines at the store or quick Amazon Prime delivery. It has to be something more. You see, I, and I took this definition from Alistair Begg, but it, it's really good. You see, the word peace it talks about in this section is Irene, which a lot of people get the name Irene from. It echoes the Hebrew word shalom, which, yes, is the absence of all those things, but we live in a sinful, broken, and fallen world. And in the new heavens and new earth, it will be completely peaceful at Christ's second coming. But it isn't just that. You see, shalom, when Hebrew, when um, the Jews would greet each other, they say, shalom, peace to you, and, and they'd echo back shalom. It, it also has to do with a completeness, a wholeness, a holistic peace that, that it, everything is present, it says, for the, the well-being, the wellness, and the goodwill or the, human, or the flourishing of the individual is present. Hence why we said earlier in Isaiah, the wicked can't have this apart from Christ because they're still hostile, they're still bent. But in Christ, we can have that. We can have this, Christ came to give us these things. 
As Alistair Begg said in his, his, his definition, is the peace Christ gives us, gives us that which comes from knowing that my account, Jeremy's account, has been settled by God. That my debt that I owed has been canceled. That my account is not only canceled, but it is in a favorable balance. As all of us check our checking accounts this time of year, it's good to not have the red. It's good to have the black. It's in a favorable balance because of he, Jesus, who he is and what he did for me. What he did for you on the cross of Christ. You see, when we, when we, have, when we profess faith, we, we rely on Christ and his sacrifice as the eternal son of God. And he gives us this peace. We can rest today. And that's what we can remember this time of year as we're opening presents, as we're singing these great songs. We can remember just who Christ is and what he did for us as our peace, as our substitute, as the Son of God who came to love and to die, to reconcile all things under heaven and on earth. And we'll see that through a dim, a dim mirror now and fully in Revelation 19.21 it says that every knee shall bow, that every tear shall be wiped away for hold all the sad things are coming untrue as c.s lewis says and he is making all things new amen so as we go today as we celebrate we begin to celebrate baptisms of, of dylan and jess we remember like them we can celebrate the peace we have we can celebrate alongside them that christ has died for them and forgiven them and we as the brothers and sisters in christ remember the peace that we've been given and we welcome them into the fold as we go about celebrating the good news of Christ, we, we teach people what peace truly is, and we can rest in knowing that all of our accounts has been settled, that we are in a favorable balance because of what Christ did for us today. We share this peace as the people forgiven. We don't fret when things go crazy, when turmoil happens, because Christ is our peace and will see us through to the end. So in closing, I'd like just to say a, a prayer about our peace, our Prince of Peace who came on Christmas. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you so much for Christ. Thank you so much for bringing us peace when we had no peace. When we had no hope, when we had no love or joy, when we couldn't define these things, you came down at just the right time and this pleased God to do it this way. That you, Jesus, are our Emmanuel, the God with us as we, as we sing things like, come behold the wondrous mystery of Christ. We remember your birth and death and resurrection. We remember that you fulfilled all the law for us so we could be at peace with you. Thank you for your forgiveness and, and giving us all that you are, for being our mediator and our perfect high priest, for giving us rest from the turmoil of this weary, sinful, broken world. And we can look forward as we celebrate Christmas and the days to come. The joy that you will give us, the eternal joy in Christ, our eternal hope, our eternal, our eternal love, and our eternal peace. Thanks be to God for all you've done and will do for us. In your son's precious and holy name, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our reconciler, our mediator. Amen.